0: Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of our podcast here at Campus De Canton. As always, I am Austin.
1: And this is Colin returning this week.
0: Ah, yeah. I, f- I forgot what it looked like with you over in the other chair there. How's it going?
1: Good. Um apparently it went pretty well without me. Uh listened to the shows. They were pretty good. Um I do have uh, to. It's say totally un-
0: it's totally unrelated though. They weren't yeah. great because you weren't here. I swear. I swear.
1: <laughs> well, I was gonna say I'm a little bit upset that the two episodes the two episodes you did without me are two of the three highest downloaded episodes we've had so far. Um I can attribute the one to Mike Bainbridge. Um, uh, you know, obviously that's uh you know, that was a big get. That was a really great show. Uh, definitely enjoyed that one. The uh one that you did solo though, that's you know, that that kind of hurts a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. We'll have
0: to do a solo a you solo show sometime, just to see like what the disparity <laughs> is. <between> the- <laughs> not that you know, I'll, you know, I'll rub it in for eternity if mine is better or anything. You know, just
1: of course not, right? No,
0: I would never. I would never. No,
1: never. Uh, well, I did, I did
0: miss you. You said you had a good uh, week out in Colorado, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Colorado is fantastic. Um, I, it's I highly recommend that for anybody who is looking to vacation, just because you get a little bit of everything um denver city is really nice really clean very tourist friendly as well um you know you can walk a lot of it and there's like a lot of like nice little areas nice little attractions so you can get that you obviously get the rocky mountains and everything like that out there too the olympic training center i went to that uh, as well so you know you get a little bit of everything there
0: they, they mistake you for one of the athletes at the training center
1: yeah, they did. Um the trials are going on too. So they're like, why is this why is this guy not out there on the on the soccer pitch right now? Or
0: well, that's pretty cool. I'm <laughs> glad that you got a nice week away. We missed you. Um, so you're never allowed to go away again.
1: Um, uh, you know, till next week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, uh, we've already got our guests lined up for next week. Hopefully, no more fall throughs. So
1: let's hope uh, not fingers yes. crossed. Um, but yeah, for anybody, I don't know if we mentioned it, but yes, I am going on another vacation next week. And then that's the last one for the summer. I promise have some weddings and stuff like that, but nothing that's going to prevent me from recording.
0: So it sounds like, you know, maybe we'll be able to ride the wave of you not here last week again, next week. So that's good. That's <laughs> just really, really good stuff.
1: <laughs> As we shoot into like, you know, 400, 500 downloads.
0: I'm glad that you put, you, you put the two weeks really close together so that, you know, they, we, we all be able to tell, uh, almost definitively. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's jump in here. Um, some fun stuff to talk about this week, I think. Um, as always, we're going to start with a little bit of news. Uh, it's so hard to believe that there's still transfer news on June twenty first, twenty twenty one, but here we are. Uh, Trey Bradford talked about uh, him a little bit with uh, Mike uh, last week, Mike Greenbridge. Um, he has officially announced now. You know, last week it was literally the only confirmation we had was that he was showing up in the student directory online portal now again the announcement has been made he is going to be at oklahoma uh colin do you like this move for him for oklahoma like is this all around a positive thing for in your opinion
1: uh yeah i mean it's good for oklahoma obviously you know running back depth is is never a bad thing there Um, but as far as for trey bradford goes i think he could have found places that would have raised his draft stock more and allowed him more playing time. Uh, I mean, Eric Gray, he's going to be the lead back there. You know, that's not any groundbreaking news here. I still really like Marcus Major. I think Marcus Major and Eric Gray were going to form a nice one-two punch this year. Um, Obviously, they still have Kennedy Brooks there too. You know, he'll factor in 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 some capacity uh, after taking a full year off. Um, And then you throw Trey Bradford into the mix. You know, he's looking at RB4 probably at best you know and then next year they bring in two guys in um Sawchuck and who's the other one that's escaping me right is now? the other one
0: really brown is he the other yes. one yes yeah yeah, yeah
1: really brown so they're looking to bring in those two guys in next year as well and i mean we've mentioned you know you can't look too far ahead but when they're looking at bringing in two top 10 running backs they're probably going to bring in one of them at least
0: if that are the same type of running back as you are right like yes. it, it's not like you know <laughs> they, they were thumpers and you're like oh cool like there's the thumper and he's you know the yeah. thunder guy it's like they're both like 5'9 185 like you know not even sure they can be three down guys i think that's you know kind of bradford's a tiny bit bigger than that but like not by that much
1: yeah so at that point you know you're i, I don't see a path to real uh, relevance for him there i think he's just kind of go toil away and you know, as like the RB three, four at Oklahoma for a couple of years, unless he enters the transfer portal again, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that the move to Oklahoma kind of confused me a little bit because LSU's backfield is very up in the air. Um, you know, I, we don't really I don't really feel good about any of those guys. So for him to leave that situation to go to a situation that I think is worse for him uh, just kind of confuses me.
0: Yeah, I don't think any of the three guys at LSU are really fantasy relevant for this year. So if you're looking that you absolutely play a running back this year, I'm not sure I want any of those guys because I think there there is that Orgeron quote that someone put in our Discord about um you know they've kind of they they met with a bunch of the 49ers coaching staff this off season and you know we're taking a lot of notes on their running game. Uh, it, we like that backfield if like two people get hurt, which is the same with San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Like otherwise, we don't like it. Um, And then, yeah, like we've been talking about the two backs coming in next year, but now Le'Veon Moss just committed to Alabama, and there are rumors, strong rumors that Trevante Citizen is not not as strong of an LSU lean as it was thought earlier in this process, which I guess makes some sense since things are opening back up now and they can actually visit places. LSU is probably one of the few places that he's visited since he's from there. Um, So the LSU thing, yeah, I don't really know about that. Oklahoma, I feel like – Lincoln Riley does a really good job, though, generally with like, if he's going to bring you in, he has something in mind for you, which True. is what makes me feel better about this for Bradford than maybe I would. Um, I got him. We're in this auction right now. I got Trey Bradford for like freaking <laughs> cheap, man. I'm So now my fingers are crossed. It's the only league I have him in, but the fingers crossed that he does something uh, next year for them
1: yeah i mean next year is probably the 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 best you can hope for there um i mean eric ray will be gone i assume marcus major will still be there kennedy brooks will be gone you know maybe they bring in one of those two backs maybe both i don't know but one of those two guys so you know but they will be freshmen so he could reasonably play ahead of him so maybe that's he maybe he's looking to next year hopefully improve his draft stock and then jump ship after one year i don't know Um, yeah that that
0: would be his third year right he's he's eligible after next year so maybe that is the plan it's same thing with eric gray this year maybe that's the plan you know and then whatever freshman running backs come in then they get their run after that i don't know i don't know they've done oklahoma's done a good job at that too like really like bringing guys in for like a you know a a little bit of a booster year um and then sending them on their way um
1: yeah i think you have to feel
0: you have to feel positive about anybody that lincoln riley kind of you know it points out specifically and says, I want you here. Yeah. Is really what this comes down to. In my opinion, I think probably more than any other coach in college football right now, we trust him, like, especially offensively when, when he picks a guy out specifically, I, I feel uh, pretty good about his, probably his evaluation and development of that player. So I, I'll i be watching this very carefully, but I think this uh, more exciting than it would have been like TCU was rumored, like some of the yeah. Texas area schools, like, that would have been a nightmare. Um, Oklahoma definitely a better scenario than that one.
1: yeah, and and like you said, Oklahoma's kind of like transfer you. you know they they always seem to have a plan for the guys that they're bringing in. So you know that could bode well. Um, I, you know i'm I'm a little skeptical myself, but you know, I liked Trey Bradford coming out, so you know I like his skill set. So if he can turn it into something at Oklahoma, then you know, more power to him. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely that, that rocket ship just going straight up. Um, the other piece of transfer news here, Malachi Weidman um, is leaving Tennessee. He, and I, this is phrased that way. He has not entered the portal. He is just no longer on Tennessee's roster or for whatever reason. I have scoured the interwebs for reasoning you know, concrete reasoning, a quote from a coach, a quote from Malachi Weidman, a quote from Malachi's grandma. I don't care. Somebody close to the situation saying, here's what happened. I have not found anything. Weidman uh, was a pretty highly acclaimed freshman wide receiver. Last year, he was the number 22 guy in the class, uh, 6'4", 200, a very raw basketball background. And last season, as a true freshman in a weird year, he had one catch for 24 yards. So was not a factor last year, thought maybe he could be this year. Um, how are you feeling about Malachi Weidman right now, Colin?
1: Uh, definitely worried about Malachi Weidman. Like, like you said, there's no real information out there as to why he has been removed from Tennessee's roster. Nobody's saying that he was kicked off the team. You know, He's not in the transfer portal. He was just removed from the roster, so that's a lot of ambiguity there. There's a lot of I, I don't, yeah, you know, I don't really know what's going on with that situation. He was limited in spring, uh, you know, early part of the spring practices that he actually was there for uh, by an injury, um, you know, and then he was completely absent during the um, you know open to the media practices, and he wasn't there for the spring game, you know. So he's been kind of MIA this whole time. So yeah, I'm pretty worried about Malachi Weidman's future.
0: They snagged him from Florida state on signing day last year. Do you think there's any, you know, possibility maybe he looks to go back direction, especially with Destin Hill, not enrolling at uh, Florida state at this point.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's definitely possible. Um, But at the same time, he hasn't even, he's not even in the transfer portal. So like we have no idea what he's doing. Um, If you have, if you have to, I'm sure that the, the betting odds at this point are for him to go back to Florida state, you know, since he flipped from there at the beginning. And like you mentioned with Destin Hill, not being enrolled. Uh, So, you know, that's definitely a possibility there, but at the same time, we don't really know anything. So I don't really want to bet on him. I'm, you know, he's, not undraftable for me, but he's more or less undraftable for me. I, I'm not going to take him at this point, and he didn't really flash enough last year that I feel good, you know, betting on him. You know, yeah, he was yeah. A, a top recruit, but he doesn't sh- he hasn't shown anything yet, and you know, there's a lot of gray area going on. Like we don't we just don't know what's what's happening with this. So I'm I'm pretty much out on Weidman.
0: I am definitely out on Weidman. I was not really in on Weidman last year, and I think last year's wide receiver class as a whole is kind of encapsulating the argument that I often have with people where they go down the list of kids coming out of high school, especially at the wide receiver position, and they just pick the biggest, best athlete, and they're like, (laughs) well, he can develop in college and then become something. I think that's a really bad gamble a lot of the time, and I'm not necessarily – I'm not saying necessarily this is Weidman's problem, but he certainly didn't really look great last year and then, you know, limited this spring, you know, look at last year's class, Weidman, DeMoss and Fleming, three Uber raw, but Uber athletic guys and none of them have done jack shit. And now we're scared to draft all of them. They've all lost massive, massive amounts of value over this one year. You know, I'll take a 10th of a second off of the 40 time and find a guy that actually knows how to play a little bit of football Generally speaking, I think it's just, you know, because for every 10 of these guys, you know, maybe you get one guy that hits and the other nine just, you know, wide man. I don't know where he ends up. Maybe, you know, for all we know, he ends up at like Troy or, you know, (laughs) sorry to any Troy fans that have to listen or, you know, or a school like that where it's like, you know, now his odds of NFL success are significantly lower. I just, it's a scary mold for me to really dip my toes into that much. So that's a total aside. But
1: yeah. Oh, and I, I, we look for similar things in, in wide receivers. Um, you know, I, I like guys who are a little bit more refined, a little bit more route runners. You know, that was why I liked, uh, That was why I liked Jalen McMillan, you know, guys like that. So I I like though that prototype because I just, like you said, I feel like it's a lot safer, you know, especially at the wide receiver position. Like I think the NFL has shown that you don't have to be this Uber athlete to be, a dominant wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, guys like, you know, Devontae Adams, guys like, you know, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, um, Jarvis, everybody throws Jarvis Landry out there too. He was hurt during his, uh, his 40 time, So that's why it's not, that's why it looks worse than it is. But still, you know, he's not like an Uber athlete either. You know, those types of guys are still really productive Without being these uber athletes. Now, the, the thing with being the uber athlete is that gives you the ceiling of a Julio Jones, of a Calvin Johnson, where you could be the number one wide receiver for a decade, you know. But that's a big gamble.
0: And look at the other guys that have been the number ones in that that time frame. You know, there. I'm not saying there have been no athletes, but a lot of right. them have been a lot more refined um, than that. I mean, you look at you know like Devonte right now. Uh, even you know like Larry Fitzgerald was a very good athlete like I'm not saying that dude was like running a four six or anything but his thing in college was like just he was the most refined route runner in years and years and years yeah like Andre Johnson you know I'm not saying he wasn't refined or he wasn't an athlete or whatever but like it it separates a lot of these guys you still have you cannot just be an athlete right and go into the NFL otherwise we'd have like 12 Usain bolts in the league and like you know just doing all sorts of insane shit that's not how it works
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm with you there. I don't tend to bet on the, you know, six foot four, 200 pound guy like Weidman, you know, former basketball standout too, where who just mostly just gets a buy off of his athleticism, uh, you know, in high school, because those are the types of guys where, you know, if you've only ever had to rely on your athleticism where you're just bigger and faster than everybody else, and you don't have to refine the, you know, technical side of your game, it's a lot harder to flip that switch on and and learn that stuff in college. So I, I think that's a big portion of why you don't see guys develop uh, as many of those types of guys develop as much, just because they were able to out athlete everybody, and now they can't do that because everybody caught up to them. Um,
0: last little piece here for tonight, just a little a little bit of fun. This whole episode is a little bit of fun. Like the next <laughs> bunch of things we're gonna do are just like. Yeah, screw it. Why not? Um, Arch Manning making his rounds. He was at Clemson camp a couple weeks ago. I think he was at Bama either this past weekend or this coming weekend. I think he's been at Texas as well. Um, He also had SMU and Georgia visits scheduled this summer, and then they were going to kind of go from there. Um, Where do you want him to go? Selfishly. Like if you could, if you could, you know, tell Arch Manning was like, Colin, tell me where I should go to school. Uh, Where would you tell him to go?
1: All right. Well, the obvious answer there for me is Penn State. Big Penn State fan. We need a quarterback. That's we're we're pretty much a quarterback away from being a no. You're ten, not. big Sorry, Big I... Ten contender. <laughs> <was> yes.
0: Rude. <laughs> <So rude. laughs> thought I was rude, taping but... for a second.
1: No. I'm glad you. I'm glad you find your yourself hilarious here.
0: <laughs> only when no. I'm telling you to shut
1: the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, so like I said, I would want him to go to Penn State selfishly. Um you know, and and I don't think it's a bad place to go anymore for a quarterback with Mike Girschich there. I think that that's going to help the offensive scheme be a little bit more quarterback friendly as opposed to kind of dual threat run the ball, you know, RPO style. Um but Penn State homerism aside, um, selfishly, I would probably want to see him go to, you know, Texas. I I like the Sark system there. I think that would be good for him. Um, Or, you know, just I think it would be funny for him to just go to, you know, Mississippi State as like a big FU to to Eli and to his dad. That would be funny. Um, And he'd be in Mike Leach's system, although that wouldn't help his professional development.
0: No, it would not. <laughs> All right. Well, now, are you done picking meme answers? Texas, Texas is your real answer.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Texas would be my real answer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Texas. Te-
0: I mean, I think Texas is like the, the duh obvious answer. I think Clemson would be great. They've done a really good job over the past few years of, you know, they bring in that, the, the new quarterback with one year left on the guy there to kind of learn the ropes and, and, you know, see how they do things and, and, pick up the playbook and, and everything, get used to college, and then push him in. And that would line up perfectly with the DJU timeline, um, who presumably is going to leave after his third year there on campus. So I think Clemson would actually be a really intriguing place, especially because, like, I I don't think much of the kid they're bringing in this year at all, Texas Club Nick. Club Nick, yeah. I, I'm not a fan of him at all. I think, you know, that Arch would just, you know, show up on campus and eat that kid's lunch, like, immediately. <laughs> um, so... Um, I think Clemson would actually be an awesome spot, so I'm, I'm going to pick Clemson as the spot that I would want him to go. Um, if I if I had to pick one that's like not on his list at all, um, and it isn't like a stupid answer, like Pitt, um, I actually would think a
1: stupid answer
0: Pitt would be a stupid answer, just as stupid as Penn State. Um, not just as stupid as Penn State, less stupid. You're right. Um, <laughs> I, I actually think uh, USC would be fun. But I know they have Dart there. Um, But Mm -hmm. I think USC would be fun because I think he has the, like, he, a lot of QBs go to USC and they can't handle all the stuff around them. His last name's Manning. Like, ESPN was like televising his games as a freshman. And that's not going to phase him. You want to talk about someone coming around to resurrect USC? I think he would be like the perfect candidate, like the chosen candidate to do it. And you could dub him that now. (laughs) <laughs> and it would have zero effect on what happens over the next you know, three to four years. I feel fairly confident saying that.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's a good, a good point kind of restoring the, uh, the luster of, of USC quarterbacks there. Um, Cause I was listening to uh, what podcast was that? I want to say it was um, one of the ones for, it was a cover three mm-hmm. Um I think, but they were talking about, or no, 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 it was um, it was Travis May's. It was College to Canton, uh, where they were talking about like tight end, you QB, you or whatever, and he was throwing out some really interesting stats about um, in the last twenty years since year two thousand USC has had the most quarterbacks drafted in the top fifty, and it's not even close. But none of them really have done anything in the pros. I mean, Carson Palmer. You know, but Palmer was great. But yeah, yeah. that's it. But that's about it. That's what I'm saying. Um, So yeah, he. I mean, I mean USC. Everybody kind of has these images of those quarterbacks from back then. You know, Palmer, Leinert, even John David Booty. um, You know, back in the day there too. So, and then it's just kind of fallen off, and nobody really does anything about it. So that would be really interesting to see him kind of restore that luster, like you were saying. But my worry with that is Helton could be gone after this year. You know, does he want to step into a place that's pretty unstable?
0: I mean, USC can always pull a decent name for a head coach. Now, I'm not saying that that person's going to be successful or good, but I think, you know, the draw of LSU is always – or, yeah, USC is always going to be something. You know, it's it's just one of those schools that that is like that. So I I wouldn't necessarily worry. And, in fact – with how well Helton has recruited the past like year and a half, two years, Coach, there might be more candidates than you would think if they happen to fire him because the he's leaving a pretty stocked cupboard there, like really at, at most positions. I think they're they're sitting pretty, and I'm pretty sure they're they're doing well for t- next year either as well for 2022. Um, so I think it would be a very appealing spot. I'm not sure who the names are. I, i'm sure some usc super fan would tell you you know this is our list james, of like eight the name comes from this eight so pick one james, james
1: franklin has been rumored there a lot i know is you're... he a usc guy no i think he would do worse there than todd helton does todd helton clay clay whatever. Todd Helton's a baseball player <laughs> whatever <laughs> um yeah no i i agree i don't think that, that would be a good system for him because he's always recruited like the east coast and florida really well he has like no ties to california so i mean he could probably you know pick some up and stuff just for the sake of being usc and the sake of you know he's a pretty good recruiter on his own i'm sure he would be able to figure it out but you know i think that yeah i I think he would probably do worse there than helton does he's been a
0: bit of an underdog coach throughout his entire career you know, not to like, this isn't like a shit on Penn State, like disguised thing. But like, if we go Vandy, yeah. you know, very much an underdog, and then Penn State, like, isn't really like in that tier. You know, like, it's really like that second tier, even though a lot of Penn State fans want to think they're in that first. It's kind of like Nebraska fans want to think they're in that first tier. Yeah, they're not. It's kind of the same thing. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it's a whole different mindset. Um, you know, at a school like that, than it is yeah. at Penn State. I think you would really struggle there. You need kind of like a young guy with some swag to go
1: in there and, and capture think, some imagination. I think that kind of fits James Franklin. No. How I old mean, is he? I feel like he's been around for like 20 years. He's been around for a little while, but he's not that old. Well, he's I'm not, not saying he's, he's 80, not that but. he's not that young either. But I mean, he's always been kind of like a player's coach. And like he gets the media and he gets like the fans like really hyped up. So like Lincoln Riley would be like the perfect
0: USC coach. Well, obviously that he is not going to make that move. But like <laughs> a young guy when he ascended to Oklahoma is starting a head coaching job like that. Well, like that well, like is Graham Harrell. You know, USC USC has done stupider stuff. So (laughs) let's let's not be shocked if something like that happens. Uh, I, you know, a guy like Joe Brady, Mm, that's a good one. would be a huge, like a huge risk, but that's the kind of guy that like they would hire and would do like really well there. And he'd like, you know, he'd get like Arch Manning or something to come in and like be his, his cornerstone and build that up. I'm not sure he would obviously leave the NFL now, you know, but like, you know, it, it, it's that a guy cut from that kind of a cloth is the kind of guy that maybe you're looking for. And we just went totally off topic for like, we did way 10 off minutes. topic. <laughs> so good stuff here. Uh, so good to we, be back. So tonight we just wanted, you know, we, and this was actually a very tough exercise because not the tutor own horns. We talk about a ton of names on this show. Yes. Like just, you think you haven't talked about somebody because the, the task for tonight was we picked three guys that, that none of us have ever talked about on the show that we like just to, you know, say a few nice words about them and, and get some discussion going. Um, this was way more difficult than you'd think. Like you open up a database of like five hundred players and you're like, oh yeah, we talk. Like I try, I was like, oh, I'll talk about Holton Allers. and you're like, no, we did like an ECU preview like two months ago. And I was like, damn, <laughs> you're right. Like it, we just, I just went through so many names. I was like, now can you? We've know, we've done so many freshman profiles. We we've broken down so many different offenses. Like you know, it, so much stuff. Um, so after some digging, we each finally came up with three (laughs) names that I don't think are repeats, but I'm sure at least one of them will be. And some of us will tell us, someone will tell us, um, but Colin, who is your first player here?
1: Uh, so my first player here is a quarterback, um, for Purdue, Jack Plummer, and he isn't really even necessarily guaranteed to be the starter this year. Uh, he started his freshman year. Then he got hurt. Then they brought in Aiden O'Connell. He started the rest of the games. Then Aiden O'Connell started last year. He got hurt, and Jack Plummer came in. Uh, but Jack Plummer was a fairly fairly decent recruit. I A music three-star guy. He was the number 22 pro-style quarterback. So, you know, not a bad... Not a bad recruit. You know, he had some decent offers, Arizona, Boise State, Cincinnati. Um, you know, some some decent offers there, but ops to go to Purdue. And he, you know, when he's been on the field, he's put up some great passing numbers. Um, this freshman year through seven games, he put up 1600 yards, uh, 11 touchdowns, eight picks. Uh, last year through three games, he put up 938 yards. Uh, eight touchdowns, two interceptions, and ended up this season just on a point-per-game basis uh, as the QB... 20. As the QB 20, uh, he averaged 25.8 fantasy points per game just behind uh, Mac Jones and Jay Kaner, just ahead of uh, Malik Cunningham, Spencer Rattler, De'Ara King. So small sample size, but, you know, he was, big, he was a big-time producer there. He doesn't really offer a lot with his legs, um, but he does maneuver the pocket well. He steps up well against pressure. Um, you know, he'll pick up a chunk of yards here or there on the ground. Um, you know, so it's not a strong suit, suit, but he's not a statue back there either. He's, he's not in the, you know, Jared Goff realm. Um, he's a little bit maybe closer to Kirk Cousins-ish. Uh, but he's a he's a pretty smart passer, um, you know, from what I saw later. He, he d- doesn't make too many bad decisions. Now, as I say that, the one game that, I you know, I typed that out, and then as I typed that out, he threw a pretty horrendous pick, but it was at the very end of the game um, that I was watching. Uh, it was a Purdue-Minnesota game. Um, but, you know, he's a smart passer overall. You know, you see a plenty of examples of him, you know, checking the ball down with the blitz coming in his face, you know, replacing the blitz with the ball. Uh, moving through his progressions well, um, he's got a very good clean mechanics and a quick release, which is something that bodes well as, uh, too. Um, good accuracy, and ball placement. Uh, you know, he'll he'll get his wide receivers the ball. He allows them to make plays, and you know, he had two great playmakers there, and Rondale Moore and David Bell. So it was nice to see him, you know, willing to let them go make some plays at times. Um, I will say he he has very good touch on the ball. Throws a very catchable ball. I want to see more arm strength on it. You don't really see a, a ton of NFL caliber throws on his tape. Um, that's just not really the offense that he's asked to to to, uh, to run. Um, you know, he, the, it's a pretty simplified offense. You know, he doesn't read the defenses. You know, the, the or like make adjustments. You know, those adjustments come in from the sidelines. Um, like I said, he's a smart enough passer that I think he could do it, but it's a pretty big unknown. And his arm strength is also kind of a question mark. So like I said, you don't really see too many NFL caliber throws. So I don't know how good of a pro prospect he is. Um, you know, this year is going to be big for him. If he can take that job and start all year and stay healthy, uh, you know, I think he could be a guy who climbs up some draft boards or, you know, climbs up some, you know, fantasy draft boards, um, especially, like I said, he, you know, finished last year as the uh, QB 20. So, you know, definitely a startable option.
0: Yeah, I mean, their offense is get the ball to David Bell. Yeah. Like in the passing game, that that's what it'll be for most of this year. Um, no, I think that's a fair one. I mean, it's really funny. <laughs> Anytime you open up with, like, a quarterback and you're like, well, he might not even start this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, a little bit of a red flag there. Um, but it does sound like, I mean, I know they, they were in a lot of uh, circumstances last year where they had to pass because they were down. Defense wasn't great. And it sounded like that was kind of a concern again for them. And s- through spring, it was really hard to find spring updates yes. out of Purdue this year, like insanely difficult. I don't know why, um, but just they, I guess they just keep a tight, you know, lid on those types of things. Um,
1: yeah. Cause I was looking to see, you know, who was going to be the guy, you know, Plummer or O'Connell. And it just, they didn't really shed any light, at least not that I saw.
0: Uh yeah um I I don't know A college programs should be as open as they possibly can and not just because I write you know I write articles and do podcasts and stuff but like that's <laughs> how you get your kids like on radars like that's just how modern football works the yeah. schools that like even like that there was that account on Twitter that the guy just stopped tweeting, but he's like a supposedly was like a, you know, an actual NFL scout and has been for years. And oh, he ang- was saying, angry like,
1: NFL scout. Yeah.
0: Or whatever okay. his name was. And he was saying how much they hate these schools, like the scouts and the teams hate these schools that do that kind of crap. There's no advantage uh, to keeping a tight lid on stuff. Like, sorry, you're Purdue. Like no one really, gives, like if you start Jack Plummer <laughs> or like somebody else, like it doesn't, no one really gives a shit. Like you're not that great. So, um, if if Bama is willing to open up all their practices to the public, then like you should do. I'm not really sure what leg you have to stand on there. Yeah, a the total side note. I don't have anything I'll say about Jack Plummer. I so, but that's what I figured would happen with this, this <laughs> bit tonight. Yeah, we'll just talk about him. and go, mm,
1: cool. Oh, okay. Who's who? You got? Oh, cool. Okay. my <laughs> okay. guy.
0: Yeah, I figured that would just be what this is. So, um, <laughs> my first guy is Andrew Parchment who I believe the only time we've said that name is was a throwaway line talking about Destin Hill during his freshman profile earlier this year. But I did not go back and listen through 28 episodes of Campus Life to confirm that. So <laughs> um, 6'2", 180, decent athlete. Like we talked about earlier in the show, Destin Hill is not enrolling there. It sounds like a credit or academic issue. There's no timeline on that, but I at this point, I'm not, I'm assuming he's not playing football for them this year. They don't really have a wide receiver one on the roster. It's a very young group. Um, you know, McLean and and Burrell were the two guys at, in preseason solely because there's nobody else. And like they're, you know, as true freshmen, they were able to kind of make a name for themselves. But Parchment has the experience. Uh, this is the third team he's played on. Uh, he started off his career as a freshman at Northern Illinois and then was at Kansas for the past couple of years. Had a decent year in 2019. He put up 65 catches, 831 yards, seven touchdowns, Uh, but he's never really been close to Jarek's magic line in any of the money categories. So, zero NFL future. But I, you know, it's looking more and more like they don't have any other options at wide receiver this year. So, he could be a really nice uh, fantasy option uh, for, for college head stuff. You're just not expecting anything from the NFL for him. So, that's it, is what it is. Um, but I, I, he's becoming more and more interesting as the off season goes on here and more and more things keep happening.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the Destin Hill, Destin Hill news is pretty big for him. Um, you know, everybody who's been on Destin Hill, I know you've been driving the bandwagon on that one too, for a while. Um, you know, but obviously with this development here, like you mentioned, it's very, very young room. So his experience is going to get, should get him on the field pretty much being that number one guy. And, you know, I, I think Jordan Travis ends up being the starter there. I don't know how much I love, you know, having a wide receiver in that offense because I don't love his passing ability, but if it does end up being Mackenzie Milton, you know, Mackenzie Milton's shown the ability to, you know, spread the ball around, you know, put up some big numbers in the passing game. You know, obviously he's not going to be the same Mackenzie Milton. We remember from, you know, his early days at UCF, but, you know, I think if he wins that job, you know, I feel a lot better about those wide receivers so if he wins that job, you know, Andrew parchment parchment could definitely be a startable fantasy asset. And I don't have the ADP pulled up in front of me here, but I would be surprised if he was taken in anything more than like, you know, a one-off draft. Um, you know, he frequently is sticking around into, you know, rounds 30, 40, um, of, uh, you know, of some of these startups here. I, I can't remember the the last startup I did, I know he got taken, but it was after around like thirty-five.
0: I'm pulling up just like the raw data right now to see where in some of these drafts he's gone. Um, so give me one second. Yeah, uh, I like
1: feel the, like so. I feel like I remember seeing his name on one or two of them. So he probably has an ADP, but like I said, it's. I'm guessing it's probably just like a one-off situation.
0: He was not drafted in any of our five drafts in May. In April. He uh, was not drafted in any of our four drafts in April. In March, he went 99th in one draft in March. And then February, he wasn't drafted. So he's been drafted in one out of like the 20-something drafts we have currently in our ADP. It actually blows my mind a little bit because we've gone, like we're extending the range. Like we hit 400 last month on all these drafts. <laughs> and he's not going in the first 400. I think he's certainly worth a, worth a look. Um yeah. in that range even if you know like i said i i have zero nfl hopes for him so
1: yeah yeah i, I wouldn't have much nfl hope for him either but you know we, you said we talked about so many different guys that we're gonna have to throw out some guys here who may not have a ton of nfl future uh like jack Plummer.
0: yeah yeah i've i all the, all three of the guys i chose to have zero nfl i'm just i'm gonna throw that in like just here's an upfront thing guys. None of the guys I'm talking about tonight have NFL potential or like significant <laughs> NFL potential. So we'll get that out of the way here. early. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree. Mine don't really either. Um, the next guy that I'll talk about here, um, it, it, I think potentially could have some NFL future, you know, as a, like a late round guy, um, you know, I think he'll probably end up getting drafted, but I think he's, that's mostly because I think he's going to be extremely productive, uh, in college. Uh, and that guy was uh, Dwayne McBride, uh, running back out of UAB. Um, and I think, if I remember right, I know I've heard Nate Marquise talk about him. I don't think it was on our show, but either way, it wasn't me who mentioned it. So that's why we're going with him here. Um, but Dwayne McBride is, uh, you know, prototypical size. He's listed 5'11, 220. Um, you know, coming out, he was listed at six foot. You know, 215. So it's like right around the same thing. Um, you know, last year, true freshman year, I uh, had 47 carries, 439 yards, and four touchdowns, uh, average 9.3 yards per carry and 73.2 yards per game because he only played in six games. Uh, he also set the school record for the longest TD run with a 75 yard touchdown run. He also had a 71 yard touchdown run. Uh, so he has the ability to break off some big plays. Uh, although if you watch the 71 yarder against Western Kentucky, he's kind of kind of lumbering along the way you know, he doesn't look like the fastest guy out there, but he's, he's he's a little bit more of a strider but you know he does have a little bit of breakaway ability you know and he's also a tank like he has really good contact balance. that's one of the things that really impressed me when I watched a little bit of him. Um, I will say he does he had zero catches last year. And I don't expect him to put up a lot of catches a- his entire time at UAB just because they don't really throw the ball to the running backs. Um, Spencer Brown was the guy. Uh, he had been the guy there for the last four years. Um, he was extremely productive in his career there over four years. He had over 4,000 yards, over 40 touchdowns, but he had five catches last year, three catches the year before that, eight catches in 2018, and four catches in 2017. So, you know, single digit catches every single year, despite being the guy there, you know, no other running back there has had more than hundred carries. So they do lean on one guy. They just don't use him in the passing game. So that's going to be a big question mark for him going into the NFL. And that is going to be something that affects his fantasy value. But I do think he's a guy who's going to be very productive, uh, for your, for your college side, um, UAB, like I mentioned, they just kind of lean on one guy. Uh, and Spencer Brown was uh, just behind um, guys like, uh, he was just ahead of Eric Gray last year, um, behind Greg Bell, Deuce Vaughn, Khalil Herbert. Um, so he was fantasy relevant guy last year. And it was actually even a bit of a down year for him. Um, you know, because the other two years, his freshman year, sophomore year, he put up 1,300 and 1,200 yards. Last year, he only put up uh, 800 So it was a bit of a down year for him, but UAB is still an offense that I I, kind of want that running back there. So Dwayne McBride's a guy that I've been snagging in a lot of different leagues um, this off season. So he's a guy that I like a lot NFL potential, definitely a question mark, but it should be a big time college producer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Okay. My, uh, my next guy here. (laughs) My, my nice guy, David Bailey, um, Colorado state feels really weird to say, um, just transferred in from Boston college. Um, I don't have that much to say about David Bailey, but I do like him a lot. And I find like, he's, he's starting to pop back up on radars just because, so he really didn't do much last year and then entered the portal and we heard nothing for months. And like, no one was talking about him because like, we didn't, obviously we didn't know where he was going to be. Um. And then now all of a sudden, like now that he has been announced, he has a a destination, he does go, albeit very, very late in drafts from what I'm seeing. Um, But, you know, bigger guy, like six foot over 230, like he's very A.J. Dillon-esque in terms of his size. Not quite that level of athlete, but not that many people are. Uh, Followed his former head coach, Steve Adazio uh, there, uh, who is now the head coach at Colorado State. Um, 2019, he had a big sophomore year there, and everyone was kind of expecting him to blow up after AJ Dillon left. You know, Dillon had a huge year, but David Bailey still had 148 carries for 844 yards and seven touchdowns that year. Not bad. And then he had 10 catches too, for just about 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, so I think people thought it was pretty much just going to be business as usual. And then you know, last year was just a messed up year. Um, so so things didn't really go his way. Um, but the big thing is, you know, Colorado State's offensive line is not particularly good, if I remember correctly. Um, someone was talking about it. It might have been Mike over in the CFF site Discord, uh, where he, he cited, you know, they bring back like four or five of their offensive line, but they were like the 10th worst offensive line in, in college last year. So, like, it's not necessarily a good thing or, you know, better hope the time together, uh, you know, maybe build some more chemistry. But in Adasio's last season at Boston College in 2019, they gave AJ Dillon 318 carries. And on those carries, he ran for 1,685 yards and 14 touchdowns. And then Bailey got 148 carries. Like he just loves to pound the rock. And Colorado State doesn't really have a quarterback that is particularly strong. Like you don't think they're going to need to commit to the passing game at all. They do have they have Trey McBride, they have Dante Wright uh, as weapons there. Um, but you know, not, not necessarily someone to get them the ball. So I Bailey. I don't think a, a thousand yards is out of the question for him. And I don't think eight to 10 touchdowns is out of the question for him. And that's a really solid year um, for fantasy purposes. Um, and again, not a guy I anticipate really being drafted at all.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, he hasn't really been drafted anywhere that I've seen, or if he has been, it's been super late. Um, I mean, he did just transfer to Colorado State. Was it like two or three weeks ago? I think is when he finally announced. He was in the portal for a while. Uh, but I love that he went to Colorado State. Uh, like you said, follow Steve Adazio. Dazio doesn't really throw the ball. He's much more of a grounded pound, you know, ride one running back like David Bailey or A.J. Dillon type of a guy. Um, you know, that's kind of his more his style. Plus, Colorado State loses O'Brien Patrick O'Brien, like you mentioned. You know, they don't really have a quarterback there. So, uh, yeah, I think a thousand yards definitely in the realm of possibility for David Bailey. You know, I could see him getting 200, 250 carries. You know, I, I think that's pretty reasonable there. So, yeah, I think David Bailey is a great call there uh, as, a, you know, as a college producer. Like you said, I don't know how much pro potential he has, but, you know, for a year or two at Colorado State, you're going to get a lot of production.
0: I, I just took him in the 16 teamer that I'm in. Um, as like a later round guy, just to start, you know, as, as a, I mean, 16 teams, yeah, the, it runs out there, the, you know, the, the water runs low a little quicker than you'd think. So um, he's very much might be a starter for me this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, you got to have some David Bailey's and some Dwayne McBride's out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Some Demontre Tuggles too. Um, now,
0: now Mike, Mike says no Demontre Tuggle.
1: I did. I did hear that. That <laughs> oh, was like, yeah, that was, you're a snake, by the way, you did, you you told me you're like, Oh no, one more dollar could get Demontre Tuggle. And I was like, yeah, we were in a little bit of a bidding war for him. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'll throw one more dollar on there. I'll take him. And then you had, you hadn't released that show yet, but you had recorded it at that point. Didn't you? Yeah. You're trying to get me to take DeMontre Tuggle. That's fine. I'll I didn't DeMontre try. Tuggle. I succeeded. It happened. <laughs> it did happen. Uh, that's fine. I'll take DeMontre Tuggle. I'm not worried about it. I think he'll still be, you know, last year he was the RB4, you know. Now, it great. It was through three games, and Mike brought up a lot of great points. But, you know, I still think he's going to be a starter, starting caliber running back for your college side. But, but we'll move off DeMontre Tuggle. Um, my next guy is, uh, Vellis Jones Jr. I think that's how you pronounce his first name, Uh, wide receiver for Tennessee. Uh, he's a grad transfer from USC. Uh, he was in the class of 2016. So he's old. Um, he's a three-star guy when he came out was number 79 wide receiver, uh, moves to, you know, transfers to Tennessee decent year last year, you know, 22 catches, 280 yards, three touchdowns. Um, you know, in an offense that was pretty bad. Um, You know, Josh Palmer goes off the NFL, so they don't have a number one go-to guy. You know, Jalen Hyatt's the guy that everybody's interested in there. And, you know, for good reason, you know, he has better recruiting pedigree. Uh, You know, he's a sophomore, you know, he's been getting a little bit of buzz there this off season, but Vellis Jones Jr. has been getting a lot of buzz as like the lead wide receiver in that room. Uh, And then not only, is he the, like the lead wide receiver in that room, but he's also the active FBS leader in kick return yards with 2,345. Uh, he has a 23.7 average yards per return led the SEC last year in total kick return yards and was second in yards per return. Um, so, you know, he's going to, if, if your league counts, kick return points, you know, huge boost there. I know in a lot of leagues don't, but either way, he's you know going to be productive. He's going to be on the field for them. And this is a fast-paced offense, so I think the offense is going to have a lot of passing volume. And like I said, he looks locked in as a starter. So he's a guy who's going really late, if he goes at all. Um, and he could be tied to a very productive offense. So he's a guy that I'm interested in snagging late. Um, you know, Jarek would probably be mad at me going after a sixth-year guy over a non-early, you know, he's a non-early declare. Not only is he a not early declare, but he's stuck around for years. And but he's
0: never, done, he's never done shit either. Yeah. <laughs> no, he has not. He
1: didn't do anything at USC. It's a bad combo. It's a bad <laughs> yeah. combo. Yeah. So, I'm not interested in it for his NFL potential, but I think he's going to have uh, a lot of, I think he'll have some boom weeks this year, you know, where he puts up 100 yards receiving on 10 catches, you know, or something like that. Because um, like I said, he's dynamic, he's a kick returner, you know, and, and he'll, he'll earn some playing time that way,
0: but they keep saying, like, I've read a bunch of articles just trying to suss out that whole offense for this yeah. year. Cause I have like zero idea. Like the, there's three running backs. Any of them could be good or none of them could like there's like <laughs> six wide receivers, three quarterbacks. Like we literally have no idea about anything in this team. And I, so I keep trying to read articles and it just blows my mind that they're always like, yeah, Vellis Jones is expected to leave the wide receiver room. And I'm like, but they're yeah. but they're really happy about their depth of wide receiver. I'm like those yeah. two sentences like don't work together. <laughs> so you have to choose one of those. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like that's an embarrassment that they're like, Oh, a Jones is supposed to, you know, lead our wide receiver room.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I completely agree. I, th- I think it's kind of embarrassing as well for Tennessee. You know, Jalen Hyatt could be a guy. Um, that's Ramel- not a real
0: person. Jalen could-
1: Hyatt's not a real person. Isn't that his name? It's not a real person.
0: Oh, you've never heard me and Carl talk about this, huh?
1: No, I have uh, not. I've not heard you and Carl talk ever.
0: Carl loves Jalen Hyatt, but I don't think that Jalen Hyatt's a real person.
1: Okay. Oh, I know Alfred's a big Jalen Hyatt guy. Well. Not a real Carl, person. Carl's
0: rooting for, yeah, I mean, Alfred's rooting for somebody that doesn't exist.
1: <laughs> it's weird. Um, anyway, Jimmy Calloway is another name that I've seen pop up a little bit. Um, He's a true sophomore here this year. But beyond those guys, you know, it's just kind of a bunch of guys. So yeah, I mean, Bellas Jones could lead that room, but I don't know how good that is. <laughs> it's like
0: it's, it's like parchment leading the wide receiver. Yeah. in Florida State. I
1: mean, it's, yeah, yeah, but this is going to be a, a fa- should be a fast paced offense with a lot of passing volume.
0: Yeah, that's a, that is a really good point, point. Um, and that's why I think people still prefer Jalen Hyatt. Because he's fast and he can go deep, allegedly, um, and he supposedly matches what that offense wants to do. Yeah, well, we'll see if that actually works out or not. Um, so, my third guy—I literally have like three sentences to say about him because I don't care that much about him. Um, but I have to—I have to give a shout out, and let me just make sure that I—I'm I, saying his name right here before I. Well, I'm not going to pronounce it right, but he's at Yonkers CFB. On okay. Twitter, um, really good follow on there. Uh, he does the campus to campus podcast as well. Um, so I don't. It's it's JD Yonk Yonki. I don't know how to pronounce this last name. But he he tweeted out the other day about Jack Sorensen, which got me kind of going down this this spiraling down this whole uh, looking at the Miami of Ohio team, which I really didn't care to do before this. Jack Sorensen um, last year. They only played three games. They were a MAC team. The MAC started super late last year. And then I think they had like a cancellation or something as well, maybe. Three games, 18 catches, 354 yards, four touchdowns. Don't know if that's a blip or not. I've obviously, you can't just sit here and extrapolate. You know, you can't just multiply that by four and go, oh, he would have had, you know, 64 catches for the 1,400 yards and 16 touchdowns. But certainly worth a shot. He doesn't get drafted at all places. Six foot, 195. Uh, their quarterback, uh, very familiar name to people, is uh, the younger Gabbert bro. Um, Brett, yes, he's not particularly good, but he is their quarterback. Um, (laughs) Runs in
1: the family, I guess. Yeah,
0: Easy, I mean, at least you know his brother got drafted in you know the first round or whatever. He's. um, I'm not even sure he's a good college quarterback necessarily, Um, but yeah, I mean, just a total flyer. This guy could put up, you know, 50 for 1109, or he could put up like. (laughs) for <laughs> 201 <laughs> like it, it really could go either way and it wouldn't shock me either way but you, you're not spending anything significant on this guy so you know go for it i just got him in this auction we're doing for two bucks i think or three bucks so. out of two thousand so really really insignificant money
1: very insignificant amount of money but at this point in, in the draft everybody's just thrown out one dollar guys or two dollar guys Oh, it's terrible to keep track of it.
0: I went through today. It had been like t- three days since I went through the list to update everything, and there were like 200 names one. Like, oh, this is the most demoralizing <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> All right, so we wanted to finish up the episode here. We had this on the show sheet last week, and then we just went like super long, or two weeks ago, I guess. We just want to do a quick two-round 2023 Debbie Draft. Like, you know, if if they were rookies tomorrow, who would we take? We're going to do two rounds. We're going to go back and forth. Colin, um, I will let you have the first pick. Um, so we'll uh, we'll we'll just go every other pick, and um, that that's all. Uh, I think that's all the exercises. And feel free to talk as much or as little about the player as you want,
1: but keep so, it under
0: forty five seconds.
1: So you letting me go first here has me a little bit concerned because I'm being nice. Yeah, no ulterior well, yes, motives. I'm that just being is, nice. That, is, that has never happened before in the history of this show, probably in the history of our friendship. So there's an ulterior motive. There's a catch here. Um, there,
0: you know, I think I did you a really big favor about a week and a half ago if you really want to dig into that. Um, so about getting into a certain large fantasy football tournament that you really wanted to get into.
1: All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. You're going to throw that back in my face.
0: Well, I wasn't going to until you had to
1: be a little <laughs> jerk. Um, so, well, I mean, first pick overall here, uh, I'm going to take Bijan. Aha! Got him! No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Bijan. Uh, pretty much all I have to say about that. I think that was an easy decision. Yeah, I think it probably is too.
0: I think he's pretty clearly the 101. I think the only guy that you can uh, debate at this time is DJU, and that's how I'll go with it too. Yeah, top quarterback. Not really much else to say
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely fair here And uh, now I'm starting to I think I see where you're uh, where, where, where the where the Catch comes in here, because now I'm like I, Do I take Bryce Young as the other quarterback Here, and then that leaves you Keyshawn Boutte But yeah, I'm going to take Bryce Young Here, um, only other real Quarterback that's solidified That you feel good about So yeah, I'm going to snag him here
0: Um yeah, I will go. boute It's actually it's very very close. Um, you know, running back has more value or whatever. But I just don't see a scenario where two years from now, where unless he gets injured, that we're not talking about Keishawn Boutet as like a smash top ten NFL draft pick. And at that point, you know, it, you could take him as early as you want and feel pretty good about it. Probably.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with that um like i said i kind of figured you were gonna go with him there your next pick that that really was not the plan Mm -hmm. starting this off like i just you know Mm -hmm. sure was
0: sincerely trying to be nice Mm -hmm. but you make it so hard because you're just not very nice to me
1: right yeah that's what people say on twitter um my next pick here and since it's c2c i am no this is a
0: rookie draft bro
1: we said this.
0: I said it as, as if they were rookies coming coming into the league. This is a rookie I, draft or a debut. Okay, fair enough. This is not enough. a C two C draft.
1: Fair enough. I don't really listen to you when you talk half. The I
0: time. don't think that would have altered any of the first four picks here. So no, it would which, not have. I'm it glad we caught that now before you were like you know taking somebody really dumb here. So
1: well, I, I mean, I'm between um, Jameer Gibbs, tanks Big, and Tank Bigsby here. So, um, so if we're gonna take it like it's rookies, I'll go Gibbs at uh, C2C. <laughs> you should let me go one more round. Damn. And then be uh, like, oh, by the way, yeah, it's actually for rookies. Um, like, like there's no by the down. way.
0: I was so upfront about this.
1: I'm gonna have to go and pull another clip, except for it's gonna be a clip that
0: happened two minutes earlier, like I did with Eric. <laughs> you, don't to, you don't have to you don't have to pull this. the
1: clip here. I'm not I'm not arguing this. I'm fully admitting that I wasn't listening.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, so I guess. I guess I will take tank here. There's no one else really there that makes that much sense. There's not another running back. I take over him. There's no obvious third quarterback um, and um, really no obvious second wide receiver either. I think this is the cutoff, right? Yeah. Like if they were rookies today, this would be the the, the cutoff perceived one of six. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. But at the same time, I don't, I don't dislike these guys that are left here I I like a lot of these guys that are left it's just I think the the sixth spot like tank Bigsby that's the last guy that you feel really good about yeah that I feel like this is going to be a top tier dynasty asset when they come into the league yeah, no, um,
0: I, I, I don't disagree with you. So I, the, the the weird season last year, I think especially messed up the wide receivers. Yeah, like we just really didn't have that many true freshman wide receiver breakouts, at least none that were like, uh, like, I, I like Jordan Addison, you know, even just ignoring that he plays a pit, you know, like he did some really good stuff last year. But in like in a normal year, you know, if, if. Uh, you know, Jermaine Burton like, had gotten a full offseason, or like, Raheem Jarrett had gotten just a full regular season. You know, like stuff like that. Yeah, I think like Jordan Addison isn't in that conversation because the guys that we expected to do well would have done well. Yeah. So, like, th- there are definitely guys like that that are elevated a little bit this offseason. Uh, Addison, being in my opinion, like the glaring obvious example.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, but I'll take uh, I'll take Raheem Jarrett here. Cause I do think he's, I, I feel good about him still. Uh, like you said, he didn't really have a true breakout last year, uh, but I think it's coming this year. Um, and I, I like him. I liked him a lot coming out. I like him a lot still now. And I t- don't feel as good about some of these running backs that are left. Um, you know, Zach Evans, Jason McClellan, Kendall Milton, um, Chip Tranum, you know, Marshawn Lloyd, all guys that I think I like. But I don't know. I like them yet. I'm pretty positive I like Rakeem Jarrett, and I think the NFL will too.
0: Yeah, I agree. And um, I, I actually like have been going really back and forth on this. You know, I posted a very like just a very small tweet last week. They uh, those, yeah, uh, Jarrett, and then the guy that I'm going to take here, Jermaine Burton. You know, they go about a round apart. I think they're like 11 picks apart in their ADP. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think there should like, it's not a significant gap, but at the same time, like at like between the second and third round, like that kind of is a big gap. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, relative to where in the draft, this is happening. And I think Burton is just as talented as Jared. Like they, they've been creeping closer and closer together uh, for me in my rankings, especially with now there being more opportunity at Georgia this year uh, for him to really showcase himself. I think he will. And, um, if you told me after this year that people think of Burton more than they think of Rakeem Jarrett, then that wouldn't really surprise me. And it wouldn't surprise me if you told me it the other way either. Um, but I think both are going to have nice years.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I like Jermaine Burton a lot as well. Um, you know, He's a guy that, like you said, he, he has a big opportunity this year uh, to really deliver with George Pickens out. And I think if he does that, I think he will be valued higher than Rakeem Jarrett. Uh, the ADP difference does surprise me though. Like that is, I think that is pretty significant. I, I've
0: been trying this to, for the past like two weeks. I, I've been writing so much that I haven't like, uh, so you guys have to see what I have in the pipeline. Like I'm built, <laughs> I'm stashing the vault full of articles right now. I'm writing a five part zero QB series. I've got three of them done and two of them like outlined out. I'm doing, I'm starting our conference breakdown series. I've got like the, the ACC coastal done. And like, I like I, I just have so many articles in the works right now that I cannot, sit here and say oh i'm trying to start another series on this um but i like I, i've just been kind of going through our adp and saying you know where are there gaps in adp between two in my opinion very similar players that maybe shouldn't be you know i pointed out wally and addison a few weeks ago i i picked out uh, ulysses bentley and deuce vaughn and Jarrett and burton is another one where they feel like two very similar players and i feel like uh, the adp gap is maybe a little exaggerated for what i think the two of them bring to the table
1: yeah. And I, I agree with that. Um, so I will take, I'll go with, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Zach Evans here. Um, I was debating on him and, and one other guy, but I'll, I'll take Evans. Um, you know, I listened to, uh, Brandon Lejeune's Devi deep dive where he broke down the tape on him. Um, It does make me want to kind of go back and rewatch that because he was mentioning, you know, about how much he was bouncing outside, uh, you know, and, and a couple of the things like that, that are minor concerns for me. Uh, But, you know, I still think he's, you know, he's very talented back. I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity there this year. Um, And I think that that's going to help, you know, keep his stock going uh, in the right direction. Whereas, Guys like Jace McClellan and Kendall Milton, who I like, but they're at Bama and Georgia. And those are just like, you know, running back by committee factories. Um, yeah. So, you know, I don't, f- I like those guys. I don't feel it quite as good about them as I do with Evans.
0: No, I think that's fair. I, I, I do think Evans is in for a big year. Yeah. I do. It just, it, you can feel it. Like you can, you can really sit here, and like, you feel like, it, he is going to have a big year there. He's going to hit a thousand yards, in my opinion. I, I think we're going to look at him very differently uh, this time next year than we do last year. I think even if he never quite catches those top three guys, it's going to be you know Bijan Gibbs and Tank, and like that's the tier. And then tier two might just be Zach Evans after this year, and then you know tier three is whatever's underneath that. I, I think that's that that that's a very strong possibility of that happening. Um, so we are at the one ten now. Um, And I am actually predicting that Spencer Rattler is going to go back to school. So here at the 110. no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Nice Uh, try. (laughs) um, I I am going to go quarterback though. I'm going to go CJ Stroud. And I know that might, it's probably, you know, perceived at this point, a little bit of a reach, but the starting quarterback at Ohio state, I like him. I think he's a good athlete. I think he has a nice arm. And at this point, you know, we've exhausted Evans would have been the only guy that I think I would have taken over Stroud here. Um, that that would have been remaining on the board when you took him. I don't have any more. Quite, there's no question marks here at this point. So I'm going to take Stroud and bank on him becoming the next guy out of Ohio State.
1: Yeah, I think that that's a a great pick there too. I was I was thinking about him too, but at the same time, like you know, we don't know that he's going to be the starter this year. We think we do. We think he's going to be, but we don't know that for sure. And if he does lose that job, he loses a ton of value. His stock just craters. I think Evans is just a lot safer pick there.
0: I think I will say no matter what happens with that situation, if the winner of that job goes out and absolutely crushes it and the loser transfers, I think the other guy retains value for a year because I think people are going to say at least like, well, look who he, like, he lost out to. Like either what either side of that, if he if McCord is the starter day one and McCord goes out and just has an amazing freshman year, you're saying okay, like he lost out to to this kid who you know as a true freshman throws through for like you know thirty five hundred yards, like it would be something like that in my opinion that would that would happen and and they could keep their value. So I don't think all hope is lost for either guy, but I mean you know you feel McCord has the extra year no matter if they lose that job.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with that. Um, they, they'll probably retain their value, but I will be a lot less interested personally um, just because they weren't able to beat that. You know, they weren't able to beat them out. The you other hate, one you out. Hate, you
0: hate Justin Fields, huh?
1: I do, yeah. Hate him because he couldn't beat out Jake Fromm. Cool. Um, just want to double check. No, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> no, I'll, uh, I'll take uh, Jace McClellan here. Um, I'll keep loading up on these 2023 RBs um, I mean, this class was, this class looks like it could potentially be a historic running back class. Like this, the, the, way things are kind of shaking out now, you know, the, these guys could be the, like Joe Mixon, um, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt type of a class. I think that's kind of the hype that some of these guys are getting as it is. And if Jace McClellan goes to Bama and, you know, he uh, Brian Robinson's going to be the guy there. He's going to lead that backfield just based on seniority, at least for a little while. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that McClellan either usurps the lead back role and then takes, you know, the the one A to the one B in there, or maybe ends up the year as the one B, but is just so much more efficient that we feel really good about him going into next year. So I am gonna take McClellan here because I do you think his stock's going to rise?
0: I I'm on the McMillan train. Or yeah, the McMillan the train. I, I really, really am. Um, I mean, you heard I talked about him on the, the solo pod last week. Yeah. Um, I I like him. I think yeah, I, he can be the. You don't have to start for three years at Alabama, right? Um, to be a legitimate uh, Debbie guy, you know, C two C is a little scarier um, if they're not playing the first couple of years. But you you don't need it. Uh, they've proven it there uh, year after year. Um, So let me see here. Who do we have left? Um, So this is the last pick of the first round. I am going to go JSN.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Um, Who I still expect at the end of the day to be a top three or four wide receiver in this class uh, when all is said and done. And um, that's all I got.
1: No, that's completely fair. Uh, I think that was a yeah, I mean, if you're gonna go wide receiver there, I think that that it's either him or Marvin Mims. Um Marvin Mims is a guy that I'm considering here, but I'm just gonna keep stocking up on some of these running backs. I'm gonna take Kendall Milton. Okay. Uh, cause, you know, like kind of like you touched on in your in your solo show, is there's like a you know oh kind of like a running back dead zone and i mean this is just 2023 class of guys so it's a little bit different but you know we're starting to get to the bottom of the tier of guys that i like and i think i feel pretty good that the NFL will like them as well and that they're going to be producers there um there's two more that i have on here that i feel like pretty good about as far as wide receivers go there's you know two guys left that i think let, oh, let me look at it here there's How no about, I, I don't feel that much better about mims than than some of the guys below him so
0: yeah, yeah. all right so let me just recap real quick all right, so that was the first pick of the second round first round i went bijan dju bryce young kashan butte gibbs tank rakeem jarrett jermaine burton Zach Evans, C.J. Stroud, Jace McClellan, and JSN. If we had to draft a rookie draft today, that's our 2023 first round. Then we'd call and let up the second round with Kendall Milton. Um, I am going to go next, and this is going to shock you. I'm going to take Jaden Wally. I'm going to take Jaden Wally.
1: Spicy. Okay. Yeah. I like Jaden Wally a lot.
0: I, I, every time I go look at my rankings, he bumps up a spot or two by the end of the year, he's going to be like <laughs> the five receiver too. Um, <laughs> what's not to like he's he, I think he's versatile. I think he can, I think he can threaten deep. I think he can uh, work underneath, you know, do some yak stuff, possession type receiver. He's explosive. He's got nice size at six foot one eighty. You don't need him to gain that much weight at that point. You know, Five to seven pounds, probably, and you're you're cooking at that point. He's going to be uber productive in the SEC. You know, Elijah Moore played for a crappy SEC school for the past three years, and he dominated. He went early, mid second round, and now like we love him. I, you know, while he's a slightly different kind of player, and I think actually, I'm still not on the. Uh, this will probably bring me just the wrath of some people. I'm still not on. Um, I just totally lost his name. <laughs> not Wally, the other guy. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Slot guy just graduated. Just went to the Jets.
1: Elijah Moore. Yes, I could not remember his name. Whoa, you were you just you just said Elijah Moore? Like you were I, just talking about him. I
0: think I had a stroke. Um,
1: That's why I was so confused, though. You couldn't come up with a name. I was thinking like <laughs> other 2023 guys. No,
0: yeah, Elijah Moore, that guy. I'm still not convinced he's an outside guy. No. I'm not. I'm not convinced that. Um, so I think Wally is. I think Wally, Wally can be a boundary guy. Um, and so I, I'll out the 202, sure. Why not?
1: Interesting. No, I like I like, uh, like Jaden Wally. I do. Um, I have a little bit of concern about Mississippi State and Mike, well, Mike, mostly Mike Leach offenses developing wide receivers.
0: I will say, and I think the part of this is a chicken and egg thing with Mike Leach, and I will probably have to talk about this every single time we talk about Jaden Wally for the next several years. You know, Leach has consistently coached at schools that don't necessarily get that level of recruit.
1: Mm-hmm. True.
0: But, A, he's elevated some guys to – now, granted, they were, like, undrafted or day three guys, but they made it in the NFL. You know, guys like um, like Wes Welker and um, uh, the other little white guy that plays for D- – Danny Amendola both played for him. And when he actually got a talented guy and Michael Crabtree, he absolutely destroyed college football for three years. And then went for the top 12 draft pick or whatever, I don't think that's in Wally's range of outcomes, but I think, you know, once if he has a talented guy on the roster, they will shine. And I think Wally is a really talented guy.
1: I think, that he will definitely shine in college. I think he's going to be a big-time college producer. It would not surprise me if he finished this year as a top-five fantasy wide receiver, potentially even the wide receiver one, I think is in his range of outcomes. But I worry a little bit about the uh, translating to the next level. I, I
0: would be willing to put money down, and there's no place that you can actually do this, that he scores <laughs> 300 fantasy points in a season at least once in college.
1: Okay. Yeah, I would. I would. Take and like, that.
0: even in like half PPR, like I think that's well within the range of of uh, Crabtree scored four fifty the one year. <laughs> like, like, so it's definitely not outside the realm of possibility.
1: No, and I mean, in a you know shortened year last year, there weren't really that many standout guys. I mean, you had Devonta Smith, but. Uh, The guy after that was Jalen Darden, and he did not hit 300 fantasy points, but he only played nine games. So, you know, I I think that 300, if you just look at last year's numbers, seems very difficult. If you look at previous years' numbers, I think that's definitely doable.
0: A hundred catches, you know, gets you a decent amount of the way there. Like, and that's, I think that could easily happen within the if one of the next two seasons. He's going to be the number one target there. Yeah, I'm actually very interested to find out who the number two guy is there. I mean, I'm assuming it's Makai Polk. I don't really feel very good about Makai Polk. I really want them to find a nice number two guy there. Um, But I think Wally's the obvious wide receiver one.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, So that one kind of surprised me. Um, And I am drafting this team like... (laughs) Trying to predict my picks. (laughs) i am drafting the like as i am a different team i'm not trying to say that oh yeah i have bajan and bryce young and gibbs and like i'm pretending that all these are different so i'm not really that worried about positions um so i'm <laughs> um, yeah, just I love I love seeing to, you try to guess who. who I'm tired of the Mad Libs, buddy. Sheet. Let's just uh, let's, let's get, <laughs> Cooper um, get the here. I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise people a little bit here. I'm gonna take Michael Mayer.
0: Oh, uh, that was my next pick. <laughs>
1: um, I I'm gonna take Mayer because he is far and away the best tight end. I'm assuming tight end premium here, so that's gonna give him a boost even further. And he put up a really nice year last year, Um, you know, so I I think that he's just a very, very safe option here. And like you touched on earlier about some of the wide receivers, you know, it kind of prevented them from having breakouts. And so I don't feel as good about some of the guys that are left. Marvin Mims was a guy I was really heavily considering here, but uh, I'm going to take Mayer instead.
0: Um, so I'll go with Quentin Johnston at the two Oh four. Um, and I don't, I think I'm lower on Johnston, at consensus, but if you look at all the other guys on here, I think they all profile more as slot guys, you know, Mims downs, uh, Parker Washington, Jordan Addison. I'm not really sure how many of those guys are boundary guys, or at least there's a question mark there. And I have no doubt that Quentin Johnston's an outside guy. I mean, he could play big slot too, I think. Yeah. But, you know, so I'm not necessarily saying that, but I think he he can do that. Um, So that's Johnston would be my pick over any of those guys.
1: All right. Well, I mean, that makes it easier for me. I'm going to take Mims. Um, I've been debate. You know, he's been a guy that I've been considering here for the last couple of picks. I like Marvin Mims a lot. I'm just I, I am a little bit concerned with him potentially being a boundary guy or being a successful boundary guy at the next level. Um, I do really like his red zone ability, though. So I think that that gives him a good chance to succeed on the outside. I think he's a good contested catch receiver. Um, but I, I do also worry a little bit about just Oklahoma's wide receiver room being so crowded right now. I, you know, I-, I worry he may get snuffed out a little bit.
0: I am um, probably a little bit hot takey, but I think he's basically Zay Flowers, but in a different uniform. And I think they're both. They both um, are really good deep. Like I, I worry that Zay Flowers is only a field stretcher, really, in the NFL. I really, really do. I think he struggles a bit underneath with his consistency. Um, and I feel like Mims might have that same fate. Like he, they used him as a field stretcher in the slot last year. Like that, they don't. That's not that rule is not really used that much in the NFL. Um, so he's going to have to round out that game a little more. The same, you know, maybe. I, I want to give him another year to see, though. You know, maybe they were just like, you know, we'll keep the playbook simple for him this year, and
1: then right you know, in a we'll weird year.
0: The year after that, yeah. Um, I I really don't know what to expect there. Um, so two hundred six Parker Washington, um, dynamic slot guy. I really really like him. I'm not sure like what he'll do over the next couple of years because um, they like their wide receiver room is so weird. You know, they're going to lose Dotson this year, and then they have Keandre Lambert Smith. I'm not really convinced Lambert Smith will ever be anything like big at Penn State. Um, and then you have Lonnie White, who I really like, but I'm starting to get scared because of how high profile of a baseball he recruit he is. Like, yeah, that just might be the way he ends up going. Um, but you you'll have those guys in Parker Washington, and then you have Caden Saunders coming in next year, too, who is a top, uh, I don't remember exactly where I have him, but he's definitely a top five guy for me. And he's probably slightly like my third guy. Um, and he's I don't want to say just a slot guy, but he like he's five ten. Like he's not huge either and he's more like, – so I, I don't know what they'll do with him. But I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where, whose roles and responsibilities uh, become whose over the next two years at Penn State uh, with that weird receiving room.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's a, a good assessment there as well. I, I like Keandre Lambert-Smith, but more as like a college guy, as like a complimentary guy, I don't, I don't know what his NFL future is going to look like there. I, I like you as a friend.
0: <laughs> that's like what that's what that is I like you as a friend
1: <laughs> um I I'll take um, my my guy here Jalen Mcmillan. Um, now I do have Josh Downs ranked ahead of him for C2c purposes but I feel a lot better about Jalen Mcmillan translating to the NFL um, in terms of success. Josh Downs I worry a little bit about um just kind of size, you know, I worry about his ability to play on the boundary. I think Jalen McMillan's a guy who could play both. I think he could play inside and out. So, uh, I'll go with a. I'll go with my boy McMillan.
0: Um, yeah, I, I, man, I want the Washington offense to be not conservative. I just don't have that big of hopes that. I don't. That yeah. You like you know what I mean so it's just like I know, I don't really know what kind of production you're going to get out get anybody. Better. Right. Uh, not that there are a lot of other names that we like, um, but so I, I Chip Trianum would be my next pick, and I have been holding off, holding off, holding off here, but I can't do it anymore. I just, I mean, I like Chip Trianum. I've liked him since he was a high school kid. I think that he's going to. I think the plotter concerns are unfounded and not fair from people that saw like he got like 30 snaps or like 30 carries last year. Yeah. And like he had that great touchdown against USC. Like I don't know, like he lacks foot speed and he just runs away from everybody. Like, Oh, he lacks <laughs> foot speed. I don't get that argument. Like, I don't, he's not a burner, but if he runs a four, five, five
1: at that that's, size, that's
0: fine. That's great. Size adjusted, athleticism. People get, you know, start getting used to using that instead of, you know, just raw 14 times or whatever. It's, it's an impressive time for a guy. That's 230 pounds.
1: Um, yeah, the next guy that I will take here, uh, I'm going to take Marshawn Lloyd. Marshawn Lloyd is a guy that I like a lot. I liked a lot coming out last year. Obviously had that ACL. So it's pretty, it's a, it's a more of a risky pick here, but I'm just going to bet on the talent at this point.
0: Yeah, I actually, um, I, so I have like just like a list, like I pulled up, 25 to 30 names here for this exercise. And I did not put Lloyd on it. That's not fair. willing, not willing to consider for Debbie purposes, a guy that has not touched the field yet. Um, it will see this year. Um, so that really leaves us with a thin list here.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely fair to say of Lloyd. Um, but like I said, I'm just, I'm going to bet on talent at this point.
0: So, I guess at this point, I will take
1: Josh Jones.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe he's never a huge n f l guy. I liked him a lot coming out of high school, and then he went to the all the the all american gaming, and it was so good, and then he played in the bowl game last year and was so good. Like he's never shown that like anything is too big for him. So I don't want to doubt his NFL potential. He's just smaller, but not, he's not too, too at well size either. Right. So, and two Atwell was on the second round. So right. or Third round, second round, right? Second.
1: Round? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Second round. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, phew, man, that makes this next one really tough here. Uh, phew. That's a, this is a tough one here for me. I don't feel really that great about anybody that's left. Um, so we're just going to stay on brand. We're going to go Hudson card. We're going to assume he wins that job. I'm going to assume he plays really well and his stock skyrockets. And yeah, we're going to go that route because I don't feel that great about anybody else that's left. So, so I'm going to swing on upside at a quarterback position
0: and you are, you are taking who? Hudson
1: card. That's Sorry.
0: right. You said it real quick.
1: No, oh, my bad. I was in and the discord.
0: Were, yes. I was not paying attention. So you were
1: in the discord seeing about uh somebody saying Shadrack's plus as a linebacker.
0: <laughs> you see what I put? I put a Michael Klum gift.
1: No, I did not. <laughs>
0: Oh man. So we are at the last <laughs>
1: 265 <laughs> pounds now. Oh, buddy.
0: That story is one of the most bizarre. <laughs> like, dude converted from wide receiver to linebacker in one offseason before he even stepped foot on campus, and it was not planned. <laughs> it's gonna be like, I hope we do this show for like three years and like we can do like uh our favorite headlines ever. <laughs> That is going to make the list. Yeah. It's just so bizarre. Like, even outside the fact that you really liked him. So it's just like, like, an <laughs> added bonus on top. But, like, right. so bizarre that that would even happen.
1: Um, yeah. Like, he's up to 265 pounds. He put on 50 pounds. Yeah. That's like unintentionally. That's a thumper
0: linebacker. Like, I'd yeah. be like a dime back. Like, <laughs>
1: No, no, that is that is a a old tackle by
0: his sophomore year.
1: (laughs) Who knows? Maybe they move him to edge rusher. I don't know if he keeps that athleticism. eh, That's
0: so so weird to me. (laughs) Um, so with the last pick, I'll take Eric Gilbert. Okay, why not? In my imaginary scenario, though, he stays a tight end. He he finds out wide receiver, you know, the grass isn't greener on that side of the fence uh, and goes back. So, um, so just to recap. Uh, So our our total draft, so uh, Bijan went 101, DJU, Bryce Young, Kayshaun Boutte, uh, Jameer Gibbs, Tank Bigsby, and then we figured there's kind of a little bit of a uh, gap there at the moment after that 106. The 107, Rakeem Jarrett, Jermaine Burton, Zach Evans, CJ Stroud, Jace McClellan, and JSN rounded out our first round in the second round. Kendall Milton, Jaden Wally, Michael Mayer. Quentin Johnston, Marvin Mims, Parker Washington, Jalen McMillan, Chip Trianum, Marshawn Lloyd, Josh Downs, Hudson Card, and Eric Gilbert bringing up the rear. So there are, I guess, our top 24 Debbie guys uh, for that year. But, I mean, it, it's a it's a strong class. I mean, not not go out and buy thirds strong. Right. But, I mean, it, it's, it's a good-looking class, I think. I think the, the hype is mostly justified for people, um, yeah. you know, in, in regular dynasties trying to move into that. Um, so, yes, I think a uh, it, it, fun, uh, fun thought exercise every now and then. glad we did it. Uh, so thanks for participating with me, Colin. Oh,
1: of course. All what right. a welcome so, back.
0: Yes. Yeah. You know, we w- welcome you back with open arms. Uh, <laughs> so that is going to do it for tonight's show. Um, Just a reminder, uh, I'm sure by now you guys have all probably noticed that you can catch all of the other C2C uh, family of podcasts on our podcast uh, feed, and they all have their own separate ones as well. Um, So if you're downloading them over there already, you know, they'll still be there. They're not going anywhere. Um, But that includes Alfred's Why Wait Till Sunday, Debbie Debate, and uh, the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Um, Just keep your eyes peeled over at the website. We have Uh, articles coming out all the time. I have my Zero QB series coming out soon. I just got my uh, header images for that. So they'll be releasing. Um, Beyond that, just be on the lookout for our uh, late week companion show, Canton Bound. But until then, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Have a good week, guys.